0: Welcome to the Select Sires Podcast. Talking your success, our passion. Starting in three, two, one. This is the Select Sires Podcast. I'm Joel Benordwood, along with co-host Leslie Morris in the studio today. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Joel. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here as well. And it's great to have our guest in the studio with us today, Vice President of Genetic Programs at Select Sires, Inc., Chuck Sattler. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing great, Joel. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking about lameness traits, specifically how they're underused, underestimated, And the discussion that we're going to be having is part of the ongoing focus to make longevity her legacy. To help us get in the right mindset for today's discussion on lameness and really longevity, let's reach back into the podcast archives. Here's Rick Verbeek from episode one. You know, the next step or evolution in this process is to to decrease our turnover rate. And that means the uh, having old cows stay in the herd for multiple lactations and uh, when we have limited uh, replacement animals available to us, making sure these cows can stay and last and and get those third, fourth, fifth lactations is going to be even more important to the, the bottom line and profitability of our dairies. Julie Ainsworth reminded us in episode two of some of the goals we should be setting.
1: When I go out and set a goal for my herds, I always want them to get to 40% of third lactation or higher. It takes one and a half lactations just to pay for the cost of having raised that heifer. So if you sell her before that time, you've just lost money on that whole deal. So that becomes really critically important.
0: Of course, a part of ensuring longer lived cows is a function of management, as Mitch Brunig of Mystic Valley Dairy reminded us in episode five.
1: As you have a goal to have older cows, which we all you know, need to desire to do, you got to make sure your facility
2: is set up to be able to handle those cows.
0: And Justin Stewart of Arizona Dairy Company made sure to note those good feet and legs in his idea of a perfect cow in episode eight.
2: My perfect cow is high butterfat and protein, good feet and legs, and a spectacular udder. And that lasts a long time. That seems sort of like a generic answer, but honestly, it, it's the truth. And then when they can get into that third and fourth and fifth lactation and beyond, then to me, that's just that perfect cow.
0: Those conversations and much more are at your disposal. Visit selectsires.com longevity for more. And we're adding some actionable tips and tools around that area of lameness today with Chuck Sattler. And Chuck, first, let's get a little background on your role at Select Sires.
1: All right, Joel. Yeah, I've been uh, working at Select Sires for uh, 20 years, a little over 20 years, and work in our dairy sire department. Came to Select Sires to manage our progeny testing program, the PGA program. And more recently here, I've spent the last dozen or so years uh, overseeing our dairy sire development programs, which would include uh, the sire acquisition operations, as well as the art program, our breeding program, as well as uh, genetic research and development activities. So just try to take care of a lot of the administration details, make sure we're heading in the right direction and uh, paying our bills and uh, staying on budget.
0: I think Chuck sells himself a little (laughs) bit short there because he is such a wealth of knowledge at Select Sires, not only for us around here when we have questions, but also the dairy industry as a whole. Would you agree, Leslie?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And definitely an industry leading thought leader here that we have with us, especially about this topic in longevity and how we can improve that in our our dairy herds around the world and why it's so important. Let's get a little bit of background on why are we talking about this today, Chuck?
1: Well, lameness is one of those key management issues that I think just about every dairy farmer, whatever their management system is, uh, struggles with and and deals with. Uh, As our herds continue to get larger, as we use more kinds of confinement facilities, I think it just continues to be a, a bigger and bigger challenge. Also with consumer pressures, we're seeing more attention to dairy cattle well-being. And I think lameness is one of those things that's uh, directly a target of management as well as a public concern and signal and how the cows are doing.
3: But so quick question, can you define lameness?
1: Mm -hmm. Ah, That's an excellent question. I think When we talk about lameness, I think it covers a broad range of uh, issues. So there's probably uh, multiple targets uh, that uh, we need to talk through. But in general, it's cows that experience some sort of mobility issues. So it it could be a a functional problem in their conformation. It could be uh, lesions in their foot. Or it could be an injury, which all would have different uh, uh, causes and treatments. and. And management practices we would want to use to to improve the situations. The prevalence rate we see in our dairy herds runs around thirteen percent, although it can vary widely based on the management uh, conditions at the farm. But uh, national averages uh, indicate about thirteen percent, which uh, means the prevalence is is fairly high and uh, deserving of of management attention.
3: Can you relate that? that prevalence of, of 13%, can you relate that to another trait or something that we're paying attention to right now sure. to correspond it with something? Yeah, Yep.
1: For instance, a, a good example would be mastitis, Okay, which yep. uh, typically runs uh, maybe higher, about 25%. So it's a little less prevalent than mastitis, but would be higher prevalence than uh, things maybe like than calving difficulty or stillbirth rates, which or would be 10% or lower.
3: Sure, and and you're you're relating this to and and rightfully so management traits or issues whatever we want to call them that really affect the bottom line of dairies and not only the bottom line of dairies but the lifetime in a herd for these these animals. You're talking about mastitis which we know is a huge factor in, in cows leaving the herd. We're talking calving difficulties, which nobody wants difficult calvings because it not only messes with the the calf, but with the mother as well. Mm-hmm. And we're putting lameness right in the middle of that. And it's something that to me is really interesting. And I, I'm looking forward to the conversation today because we don't have, you know, we're sitting here talking about management and management, but we're going to kind of talk about genetics on that too, right? A little bit.
1: Absolutely. We'd maybe have to talk, about traits in different categories. You have sure. the, the calving and uh, calf health traits, but when it comes to the lactating herd, certainly lameness is one of the big four of uh, things that causes cows to leave the herd. So we have uh, production, mastitis, fertility, and then lameness is right in there with, with those big four. One thing I think that's important to add also is that with lameness, it's one of those that's very difficult to treat. So mm-hmm. once a cow does have a lameness event, it's hard to get her recovered and back in the milking string uh, at 100% capabilities. So uh, it's certainly one of those where prevention needs to be a key part of our uh, management strategy, and that's where uh, genetic selection would come in.
0: You've written about this extensively. If you'd like to find out more, go to selectsires.com <laughs> and type in lameness. You'll find some articles there from Chuck. But one of them, you know, you're talking specifically how using a variety of confirmation traits in the past – has not been effective. And, and those are your words that I am using, so I'll let you take it from there.
1: <laughs> like we started our conversation, I think there's different aspects. It's a multifaceted disease. So certainly the st- leg structure of the cow plays a role in all of this. And uh, we've gone through uh, evolution in our breeding uh, programs, uh, some, um, probably most specifically in Holstein's, where we spent a long time selecting for straighter legs, and we've got it in, into a little bit of a situation where maybe we've gone overboard here in the recent past, where perhaps the legs have gotten a little too straight, and we've been dealing with that. Um, and I think we've made making good progress in that area. So just looking back at our bull population, when we go back a couple years to 2019, we were running about 20% of our bull population being in that range of straight legs evaluations that were below minus one. Now, as we've given that more attention in our b- programs, we are our, we look at our population of the bulls born last year or this year, but we're looking maybe closer in that 5% range that you would categorize them into the, the straight category. So uh, we're definitely moving the breed more towards an intermediate optimum when it, we're talking about rear legs side view. So that needs to be monitored. That's part of the equation. But even still, when you look at those feet and leg traits, whether it's foot angle, foot and leg score, leg side view, legs rear view, we just don't see much correlation with those traits with overall productive life or overall livability or relating to uh, reduced lameness events. So while the structure of the cow is important, they really don't help us much in selecting for cows with better hoof health or cows that are going to end up in the sick pen because they're not, they are not—they don't have the mobility mm-hmm. they need to to function properly. So we need some different tools, some better tools, and now we have at least one new tool to, with our Zoetis wellness evaluations, the lameness trait there that uh, I think can do a little better and uh, probably needs more attention to help us.
0: Yeah, and let's jump right into that. Let, Absolutely. Let's, let's
1: chat. So as part of the collection of wellness traits that uh, Zoetis provides, we do have Genetic evaluations for lameness resistance. Those are based on lameness events recorded in herds dairy comp records and uh, assembled on genomic-tested animals that allow us to do a genomic evaluation uh, for the trait. The bull evaluations uh, that uh, we publish in our directories and on our website for daughter-proven bulls for Holsteins would be in that uh, 55 to uh, 90% reliability range. So as bulls get some daughter information, we can have very reasonable accuracy to these evaluations. Uh, the genomic-tested bulls for Holsteins would be more in the 40 to 50 percent reliability range. The trait's also available for Jerseys, and we do have lameness issues in Jerseys as well, so I think it's an important uh, trait to pay attention to there as well. Reliabilities aren't as high because we don't have as much genomic-tested animals, as much data to use this. So the the Jersey young sires are in the 35 to 45 percent range, but again, the daughter-proven bulls would get over over 50 percent reliability. So maybe not as accurate as we'd want them to be, but it gives us a place to start, gives us a useful tool to start addressing and building cows that have the genetic capability to resist lameness events.
3: Yeah, and I, I think it's it's important for people to realize that that data is available and not just relying on, on that confirmation data that, that we've had for years and years and years because- I think that that's, that's a good key takeaway is to to definitely look at the whole foot or the whole leg, if you will, the whole structure, but then also like let's look within it, you know, so I think that there's a good takeaway there.
0: And some on-farm validation from Zoetis uh, yeah, on this yeah. as well, right?
1: Uh, absolutely. One of the very nice things of uh, working with the Zoetis team is is the quality, the job that you do, and the thoroughness in the in. Putting together these programs. So, they've been very uh, effective at uh, developing the genomic evaluations and then validating them. So, they've done a couple of follow up studies where they've tracked genomic tested heifers to see how they perform over time. And definitely, those heifers with the better lameness evaluations have fewer lameness events, about a 33% reduction during their lifetime. Comparing the top quartile, Of animals with high evaluation for lameness compared to the lower, lowest quartile for lameness evaluations. So there's definitely a genetic difference there, uh, and we see it in uh, improved performance uh, in those daughters. A second study that they did then looked at ranking animals by DWP dollars. And even with that overall uh, index, they found that the highest DWP animals had much reduced incidence of lameness over their lifetimes than those animals with the lower DWP evaluations. And I think that's a really interesting result. In fact, the the lameness reduction is even bigger when selecting on DWP than when you select directly on lameness, which tells me that, again, it takes us back to this multifaceted condition that lameness is, that all these health events kind of, I think seem to stack up on on each other. So an animal has an unfortunate event, maybe a difficult calving, retained placenta, and then it just puts her at more risk of other things happening through the rest of the lactation or through the rest of her career. And oftentimes I think that shows up as a a lameness event or sore Mm -hmm. feet or problems with the cow getting around. Or or you can look at maybe a heat stress event. We definitely see more incidents of lameness uh, following a heat stress event. So I think it really supports the approach SelectSires is going in collectively addressing these health traits. It's not just, you can't just pick one and focus on it. You're going to do better across the board for multiple health events by including mastitis, by including improved fertility and uh, improved lameness. And they all kind of contribute and help improve each other along the way. Because once an animal has a, a health event, she's at higher risk of having other, other health events.
0: Yeah, what a great reminder on the importance of breeding for and focusing on the healthier, longer living cow, because lameness, you know, while its own specific problem, but can be a symptom of, of those other items that, as you were saying, can be taken care of by looking at that healthier animal.
1: Right. Yep. So it, it's definitely, a, it needs to be a broad based approach And you can't just focus on one thing at a time and improve that to move on to the next one. You kind of have to build the whole cow and have her function well at a multitude of traits to get the performance we're looking for.
0: As we talk about discussions surrounding lameness, it's something that's, as we said, the big four and challenges for cows. Is there any common questions or points of discussion that you get brought up (laughs) that maybe you'd like to talk about here today?
1: The biggest question I get is just, has to do with the accuracy of the evaluations and are are they good enough uh, to use uh, in my index or in my selection program? The answer is yes. I mean, I think that the Zoetis validation studies show that they're good enough to identify some genetic differences. So to me, that's convincing information to say, yes, it's safe to go ahead and use them and you'll make improvement. Now, can we do better? Absolutely, we could do better, but we don't need to wait for the perfect evaluation to use what we have and and make some, make some improvements along the way. We're working with farm management records for recording of lameness. And of course, they're messy. Anytime we're working with farm data, that's messy. So we don't get the heritability or the accuracy in the evaluations that we really like. But you can say that for a lot of the traits we do use in our indexes also. So daughter fertility, sire fertility, even milk production data gets messy with the things that go on in the farm and the different uh, management practices that are used to influence production in a cow. So we've learned ways to deal with those things and we've gotten pretty good to make use out of messy data that we use in our genetic evaluations. I think the other real opportunity that uh, is exciting me along this line is uh, I think there's some real opportunities to use uh, the cow manager data and uh, we're actively doing research there to use information from activity systems and sensors to get us more consistent, more standardized ways to identify cows that are experiencing lameness events and anything we can do to improve the consistency and accuracy of recording, I think will help us on the genetic evaluation side. So I think there's some real opportunities there and select is in a good position to, to incorporate that.
0: On that note, let's take a quick break and hear more about cow manager. We'll be right back with Chuck Sattler in our discussion on lameness.
2: A cow's ear contains a wealth of information. The sensors measure the air temperature of cows 24 hours a day and record their activity, rumination and eating behavior every minute. You scan the QR code of the sensor and link it to the correct cow in the system. With only one handling, you simply put the sensor in the cow's ear. The cow's data is collected by wireless routers inside or outside the barn. This data is forwarded to the main antenna attached to the computer. You can also give your advisors and employees access to Cow Manager via Multi View and determine what they can and cannot see. Cow Manager is regularly updated for free with customer inputs and can be linked to almost all herd management systems worldwide. You always have the latest developments and all the information you need for efficient management in one system. Start using Cow Manager. You will not only manage your cows, but the total success of your dairy farm.
3: The Select Sires podcast continues. Leslie, over to you. I think that when you talk about those common questions, and I I also think it's also, where are we going? And you definitely answered that. And, you know, how do we continue to build upon the data that we have to create a more a higher reliability on this trait? Because it's not going to go away. It is important, and it's a very important piece of the philosophy here at Select Sires for what we're doing to bring in the next generation of, of bulls, right? Sires.
1: Right. So it's definitely something we pay attention to as we uh, uh, choose our donor females and our, our mating sires. Definitely on our list to keep moving the industry in the right direction and provide us uh, the next generation of bulls that help us uh, advance in this area. Your point is spot on that it's not going to go away. Again, as we manage our replacement inventories tighter, we're going to need our cows to stay in the herd longer. And lameness is definitely one of those traits that's more prevalent in second, third, fourth lactation cows than it is in first lactation cows. So uh, as our herd gets older, cows with lameness resistance, improved lameness resistance are going to be more noticeable uh, in our herds of the future uh, than they are even today. Right now, of
0: course, it's greatly a piece of management and genetics. In the herds of the future, do you see the scale tipping more towards genetics that could have a greater impact?
1: I think it's going to always take a combination of both uh, good genetic improvement practices as well as good management practices. I think anytime we're dealing with health traits, probably the scale is always going to be highly weighted to the management side of the situation. But again... That doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to genetics, and including this as part of your genetic improvement programs will only help your management practices be more effective. And so it's going to take both, uh, no question. I think there's good opportunity to do better on the genetic side. We talked about the information from activity Mm -hmm. systems. There's also lots of work, a lot of good work being done in Canada in assembling information from uh, hoof trimmers. And uh, that same sort of infrastructure is now underway, being developed by the Council on Dairy Cattle Breeding. So if we can add some specific information about uh, hoof lesions to our database and our evaluation process, I think that'll also make a nice contribution and in, in helping us improve hoof health.
0: An exciting future and all for to make exciting longer futures mm-hmm.
1: for our herds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, again, I think the key thing is to know that uh, better information is coming, but that doesn't mean we should sit around and wait for it. We should use the information we have today to do what we can to set ourselves up, because when this new information comes along, those better hoof health animals are going to, again, have more opportunity to rise to the top and, and be more recognizable.
0: Thank you so, so much. Chuck Sattler, Vice President of Genetic Programs, talking with us today, lameness traits and how they can be a little bit more used and more effective, possibly, in your operation. Chuck, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. For Leslie Morris, I'm Joel Penorwood. This is the Select Sires Podcast.